Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have me a very special returning guest, Steve McHugh. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had such a great time, you know, talking, uh, you know, about Black Coat and, you know, um, you know, your urban fantasy series and world, the Helicron world. Uh, you know, I thought it'd be good to have you back, you know, now that you have, you know, book three coming out for, you know, your foreign saga. So I'm really, yeah. honestly, especially now that I got to, you know, finish Black Coat and I got to uh, read a couple of things. I haven't finished any of your other books, but I've been reading chapter ones here and there and stuff just to, uh, you know, get a little bit more of a taste. So I'm pretty excited to, you know, ask you some questions. So um, I guess that we'll just go with that first one there, Steve. Uh, I always love this one because it means somebody is returning back to the podcast. Uh, what have you been up to since we last interviewed you right before Black Coat came out? Oh, uh, since since Black, when did Black Coat come out? Like uh, a year, year ago? Yeah. A little over a year ago. A little over a year ago. Yeah. So uh, since Black Coat came out, I had another book come out which was uh no gods only monsters which is an historical fantasy book set in ancient rome and then i had the first book of the riftborn come out um which is the last raven which came out last november and then the second book came out in february which is blessed odds and the third book is now up for pre-order and out in june which is a talon's wrath and on top of all of that um I'm writing uh, another book at the moment, a vampire book. And I've, oh, I've never awesome. written a vampire book before, so this has been quite quite interesting. Oh, that's super cool. <laughs> I was going to say all the books that you just mentioned, everybody should just go buy them. I've read chapters one for each of those. And um, No Guys, No Monsters is really like, um, I just happened to get somebody else sent me something and I just kind of needed a, a palate cleanser. And I was like, okay. And uh, I was like, all right. Now I'm like flipping through that. So I'm hoping that I actually can get to that one um sometime next week um yeah i'm like really excited because black coat was just like so good i was just like any more steve's writing so and i, I told thank you i promised so many people i'd <laughs> read new reviews and then it keeps happening you know that like I, then i i read something like yours and i'm like oh like i really got to go back to that person and i feel obligated you know to like try and you know finish some stuff up for some people i wish that i had more time in the day i wish i could just get paid to you know to i agree <laughs> Be i i, I I read book one of the series and I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. And then, <laughs> then I go away and do something and I'm, I'm like, wait a minute, there's, there's more books that this yeah, person's yeah, yeah. written I need to read. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm the same. Well, I got to say, like for our audience, like I really like your Riporn Saga, the the covers. Um, I, I like what you did with them the, as like a ex-design teacher. Uh, I love graphic design. I just really enjoyed the colors, especially against all odds. I mean, just the, the, the like poker like chips just falling yeah. and you know, the oranges and reds, I mean, just, you know, just super, super cool. It, it immediately attracted my eye, you know, last Raven too, of course. I mean, that one like popped, I bought that one right away. Um, my wife's like, you got to stop being friends with Steve on Facebook. Like, <laughs> covers get. I, she goes, did you even read what it's about? I'm like, no, it's Steve. Some, something about urban fantasy. I don't know. I just clicked it. So <laughs> yeah, but, but my, yeah, cool. yes. I used it in my, a couple of references just so you know um for end of season two uh and then a couple of beginning season three you know just with um especially against all odds with just like how a color scheme you know could help um you know attract somebody because you know you're going on facebook and you see all these you know darker colors for people but the you know those lighter colors for yours really pop and you know they really stand out on a social media platform 
Um, yeah. so I'm trying to do a short about that really soon. So yeah, I, I, uh, my publisher, my old publisher, 47 North always told me that no matter how good a book cover is on the shelf, it has to look good in a tiny, tiny little square yep. on Amazon or Waterstones yeah. or wherever you buy your books. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I came to Last Raven, I said to my publisher what I wanted. And they were like, yeah, okay, we can do that. So, um, uh, that, that, which is Podium Audio, uh, yeah, and they've done a really good job. They've been good to work with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, definitely excellent. I, I keep thinking about that myself. We're, we're we're writing down my tech guy and I and one of my really good friends who's just like very bookish. Um, they're helping me with my covers and we're we're doing a lot of lot of research and we're really just like going through in a day and people like yourself, like, okay, who's were there any covers today that you really like that stood out particularly on your phone? on Amazon, Kindle, or social media. So um, yeah, so you were on our list for those. So I would definitely recommend people online, um, you know, checking out, you know, Steve's Riftborn Saga just for, you know, even just the covers, um, you know, feel free to buy them just for the covers. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> just, as long as you buy them, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. But they're really good, uh, you know, just really good. Um, you know, if I was teaching a graphic design class, so that's what I would do though, you know, that's what I would, you know, suggest people do to try and, you know, attract particularly, you know, um, you know, some sort of following or, you know, try to sell a product on social media. I think that, yeah, I think they've done a really good job and, you know, you've done a great job pointing them that way. So really jealous about, especially against all odds. I really like the color scheme there. So, but uh, speaking of which, so what is your urban fantasy series Riftborn about and how did you come up and combine a detective noir elements with this that i loved your description so i'm curious at how you added those elements into a urban fantasy urban fantasy setting well i um i wrote uh the heliquin stuff and uh heliquin avalon rebellion chronicles and they're um big bombastic magic throwing around kind of stories um and i wanted to write something a bit kind of not so big and bombastic and, and and a bit kind of uh, a bit more like daredevil to the their avengers sort oh, of thing cool. so uh so that's kind of where the noir stuff came from you know i i i grew up reading a lot of kind of noir comics greg rocker's batman ed rubaker's mm. batman as well for that matter and there's daredevil and brian uh brian bendis's daredevil um and then going back to kind of like Vertigo with with Hellblazer and all that oh, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I wanted to to do something a bit kind of like darker and a bit closer in scope. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of where that came from. And then, and I kind of took that and kind of took Urban Fantasy and sort of smushed them together a bit. And and Riftborn was what came out. Uh, and I've been it's been a lot of fun to write because I quite like writing both of them. And um, and so yeah, no, that's that's kind of where that came from. It's just basically a love of comic books that were a bit noir when I was growing up, and still now, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I, I've always liked those kind of noir films as well, kind of the old smoky, dark. Everyone's got their own agenda, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, that's that's kind of where they came from. I just wanted to. I think most of the stuff I write comes from a love of whatever the genre is that i'm writing in um you know science black coat science fiction love science fiction um 
no no gods only monsters is historical fantasy in ancient rome i love ancient rome so so they always come from a setting or or a genre that i i've loved and read for years well i'm gonna try and sell black coat for you real quick to our audience without spoiling anything so i'm reading black coat and i'm like really enjoying it i'm really loving the tech i'm loving the world i'm loving the class i would say you know and your main characters but like the class of black coat and how people you know, either fear or respect them I, I love that and then it's going I'm going and then you get to a certain point in the book and then I feel like you you totally flipped um certain of my expectations and added certain science fiction elements that I did not think were going to be in there and all of a sudden it blew open the whole world and universe for me where by the end I'm like oh my god I need more in this world <laughs> that's all i can say to the audience like you know it's just it's so hard to like i don't want to spoil anything but like I, you, you did some things where i just was not expecting that that payoff i guess i was expecting a payoff because it was really good from the start but i was not expecting the type of payoff i got from it and i i could totally see by the end you know like now what you were doing from the start and you know you really sprinkled the seeds i think really well where i was pleasantly surprised um you know particularly once it got to a certain point and i was just like oh my gosh like this is this is totally different um not totally different from a science fiction standpoint but you know totally different elements that you added that i felt really layered so well together the rest of the story and just really added to it and then by the end i was i, mean, I was just like flipping through on kindle um and I, I finished really quickly and i was sleep deprived i had a newborn in my arms and i was like my wife what are you gonna do i, I gotta finish steve's black coat you know so it was like just i was fully engaged um you know from start to finish and you know i think there's sometimes you know where people where you get to a certain point and you're like okay you know this is a genre that i enjoy and i'm gonna keep reading because it's a genre i enjoy or it's a character I enjoy. I love the tech you use, but then when there was a certain, there were certain elements you put in there and then, yeah, everything else really added to that. And it really, I think, started to, it kind of felt like a roller coaster, to be quite honest, which I love when I can read, you know, a book that goes da, 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 and is enjoyable up until, you know, that point. And then I was just, yeah, we went down, you know, we hit that point and then it was just all the way to the end was fast and enjoyable. So. I'm just Thank interested you. in seeing more of the noir elements, um, you know, but I, you know, my friend made a good point, you know, he said that he felt, you know, um, you know, with, you know, your other urban fantasy, you know, the other Heliquin, you know, books that like he felt that you still, you know, displayed, you know, noir elements, you know, at times, or, you know, you know, that type of thing, you know, Harry Dresden, you know, those types of things. Yeah. So I said, well, that makes total sense, you know, but um, I just like that how, you, you know, kind of leaned into it more, it seems like with Riftborn and as seeing it, you know, seeing what you did in Black Coat and how you added different, you know, science fiction elements that I absolutely love. I just wasn't, you know, wasn't totally expecting, but I should have been because if I was paying better attention at the start, <laughs> I would have seen it. Um, but yeah, just, it, it really excites me because I'm like, okay, I love, I lo everybody here knows on the channel, I love the mashups, you know, I just, I don't want same old, same old. And um, I would say with Black Coat, you know, you don't get the same old, same old, like, you know, science fiction story, even if, you know, some of it seems like it at the end. Uh, and even if it's, you know, you really enjoy those things and those elements it's that you had me right away with the character. Um, but yeah, some of those other elements of science fiction you put in later just like totally blew me away. 
So I'm really, really excited to see um, my friend like flew through the last Raven um, like a while back. Um, and he was actually the one he's like, did you not see, you know, Steve post this? And I said, I did a while back. I said, unfortunately, I was just so busy with stuff. Um, so that's when I, 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 you know, I picked up the book and stuff and then he like flew through against all odds. So he was the one that was like, well, if you like black coat so much, he's like, you need to read this. So I was like, well, I'm enjoying, you know, the first two chapters of, you know, No God, No Monsters when I was able to, you know, start it. So, yeah, but I'm really interested to see how you combine these noir elements, um, you know, into urban fantasy, because I've always wanted to, to do more of that type of writing rather than just, you know, just do a straight urban fantasy or a straight science fiction or I've always yeah. wanted to do that in fantasy. I've always wanted to do that in fantasy, do like a noir story, you know, in a fantasy setting. I think that'd just be really fun. So I'm excited. Yeah, to see I I like combining bits, you know, Black Coat has bits of horror in it and bits of yeah, science fiction, yeah. and obviously <laughs> science fiction and, 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 and Riftborn's the same. It has bits of horror and bits of thriller and noir and stuff in it. And I, I, I like sort of taking bits that I like from genres that I like and then sort of smushing them all together into it's yeah. form something that I enjoy. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's sort of where that's all, all, all come from, especially with, with like Black Coat and, yeah, about halfway through the book, things do twist on its head, and, and yeah. I always knew I want, always knew I wanted to do that, and just kind of um, not make it the the usual, typical kind of science fiction revenge story, which it which it starts as, and then very quickly becomes something else. And I think it's hard too because I want the audience to understand it's not like it's not like when it started like it was like a bad I considered it a bad thing like it was it was in it was a comfort read for me within sci-fi and just in read you know in, in reading just in general that I really enjoyed but yeah I was not expecting yeah I was not expecting that so it was yeah it was really cool and I I love when something hits me like that when somebody pulls in have you thought about doing just like a straight horror um you, you had a lot of really cool horror elements and I Ace was great. I just was curious. I've, con I've considered it. Um, I don't know. Straight horror is really hard to do. Like, yeah, it's consistent, consistently for a hundred thousand words to maintain that level of tension yeah, and, and increase the level of tension as well for the matter. It's really difficult. Um, and I quite like uh, um, actions. Um, horror is not normally, or horror books aren't normally particularly ha action packed either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're normally just a dread dripping and dripping within the background so i quite like doing that for books the the uh black coat's got a little bit of that and um a couple of the riftborn books have a bit of that as well just a, a constant kind of dread just building up but then i quite like having a main character who at some point can face it head on yeah um and and can can confront that using their intelligence and, and their knowledge. Um, and I quite like having little action bits peppered through the story as well. I quite I like writing action scenes. So I have considered writing a straight horror book. Um, whether or not I ever will, I don't know. I, I There's lots of genres that I've considered writing and would like to write in, uh, but there's not enough time in the day to write everything that I yeah, have notes true. about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I like how you mentioned that with horror, though, because I just I like how you put it too. like I, I do enjoy I always enjoy horror elements, I think, in science fiction, fantasy. I would even say today, like there's a lot of horror, like Cabin in the Woods and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, 
where they're they do do a lot more action you know it's not just straight a lot yeah. of my they aren't just straight dread you know and i think that's you know i think some people do and don't like that you know and there's different camps there but um yeah i think as a writer though i just think that people need to you know look at combining different elements to fit a story that you want and yes that's how you did that personally so. yes uh, I, I I wrote a, a science fiction book that hasn't hasn't been published, and maybe it one day will be. But mm-hmm. um, it's it's partially set on a um, this uh, it's a, a, a scientific space station. Oh, cool! Um, and it was it was pretty straight horror from beginning to end. Um, it was very dead spacey without the necromorph uh, limb cutting parts. Um, yeah. And and that was a lot of fun to write, and so so yeah. I mean, I might I'd quite like to revisit stuff like that. I think science fiction and horror go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's that like whole unknown part, and you know, yeah. and being in a different setting of space. I think my friend did a good job. He sent me this this talk that somebody was doing at a random comic con, and I forget who the author was that they were like paying to at that time. Um, but they were discussing different things like Alien, you know, and Predator or whatever, and. They're like just the the setting itself of being not on Earth or being in space, different planet, a space station. You know, they're like that just adds an element of unknown that, you know, you automatically helps to the genre. And I had never considered that before. So I thought I think that makes total sense. Or, you know, even like bottom of the ocean, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that that, you know, I I think the setting in horror is as important as the the villain and the, the, the protagonist antagonist, I think. Yeah. If you've got a setting in horror at the bottom of the ocean or on a space station in the, in the middle of the in of space or on a, a prison where everyone's dead and you're the last yeah. person, somewhere isolated and that you can't get out of or you need to do something to get out of. Yeah. I think that works just as well as, you know, even stuff like Halloween, they're stuck in that town and yeah, he's hunting yeah, yeah. them. Yeah. Um or or and things like that. There's no escape from whatever is out there. Yeah. Uh, so I think the setting is is very important, which is why I think you know it works so well in science fiction. Yeah. Um, because it's you can set it in a very small place, somewhere fantastical, and then just make it the most horrific, terrifying experience. <laughs> Even if it's something you know that you would normally think that's, that actually sounds quite cool, but yeah. um, you know, even stuff like like Jaws, it's it's set on, you know. A beach basically uh and the sea um where we're not the main kind of predator anymore so i think that's you know i think i think setting the setting for horror is, is as important as the the main characters for horror yeah and the right. same goes with a lot of stuff but with horror you need that sort of um the 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 feeling of of isolation and dread and, and things like that um yeah, yeah, yeah. i think more than than in science fiction or in, in fantasy um but they all that, again john the thing with genres is that you, they all just kind of merge and move around one another so you can have horror and you know uh, uh I've, I've read fantasy books that have loads of horror stuff in it oh, and, yeah. and so yeah no it all works if you can make it work then it'll work yeah yeah yeah, yeah totally uh, so for that third one there, I was just curious. At, so just for our audience, like, how does your Riftborn saga differ from your Heliquin novels and universe? Uh, Riftborn is is the, the Heliquin stuff is is like I said, basically these big bombastic 
stories of magic and monsters and mythology and all mythology is real and uh all there's so the heliquin stuff's got you know uh hades and persephone and all this kind of you know and and norse gods and mesopotamian gods and egyptian gods and arthur and merlin and all this kind of stuff in it um and the riftborn books are, are not that large in scope of where magic comes from magic magic is comes from a place or it's not even called magic it's just it's just what they can do um and that's the rift and the rift is a dimension attached to ours and in it there are cities and people who have been living there for thousands of years and um who were once human and now aren't and i wanted to kind of you know not do the uh calling down thunderbolts from the sky sort of magic uh blowing up buildings with a click of the fingers kind of thing so it's a bit more low-key and a bit more um uh the the magic used or or the the powers that they have are a bit less um grandiose in uh, scale and and therefore they feel a bit more dangerous because they're quite they they doesn't necessarily mean that just because they're not as powerful as Nate and Co. They don't use some of their abilities in quite unpleasant ways. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of where where the difference between the two is 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 you know one is a, a gigantic spectacle of magic and mayhem and stuff, and the other one is is a bit more uh, of a of a thriller than than just madness on the page. Um, I think uh, I think they both kind of. I, I wanted to do something a little bit different for the Riftborn books because I've written yeah, yeah, yeah. 13, 13 books of of, of yeah, totally. So, so yeah, these these are a bit. Um, uh, these are closer in to to me in, in like Hellblazer and stuff like that than than uh, than the Helicon stuff, which is which is just you know JLA and madness and world ending. These aren't really world-ending books. They're a bit more close, uh, shorter in, in scope. So you say it's uh, more. Like the, would you say the characters just like for our audience were like more like um, what, what have people been saying lately? Like like the everyman, like your everyday person. Yeah, yeah I think I think um, I guess more of a daredevil, right? Versus a yeah, Iron Man. In I mean, Nate, Nate Nate Garrett in the Heliquin books is is a basically uh, you know. A god yeah. in terms of power, um, uh, along with 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 most of the cast, and the whereas uh, Lucas um, is is not that powerful, but he's he's uh, you know a an exceptionally dangerous man in a very different kind of way. He's not about walking into a room and just throwing thunderbolts about and uh, lightning bolts about even and setting people on fire. He's a person who, in the middle of the night, comes through your window and you're never seen again. Um, he's he's a very different kind of danger. Uh, so so he's he's uh, he's got a different uh, way of dealing with things. Uh, usually, a more permanent way of dealing with things. And um, so, yeah, I wanted to write kind of a, a slightly slightly different, uh, slightly more um, a darker character which is which is definitely lucas 
I like how you said that different kind of danger. That should be a t-shirt. On, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 L- Lucas is a different kind of dangerous. Lucas is the, the, you know, figure out a way to stop you from doing something by uh, incapacitating you and stuff. Whereas Nate is the sort of punch you repeatedly until you fall down kind of danger. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to do something a little different and that's what, what uh what lucas is that's really cool that's awesome well i i just i always find it interesting because you know i was going through uh, when i was thinking of questions and i was going through like my kindle and stuff for your books and i was like counting and i was like man i was like i didn't realize like you know how many in your heliquin you know universe you had uh, until i started actually counting on my kindle and on goodreads um i think i got to eight on my kindle and then i went to goodreads and i was like okay so I just always find it interesting because, uh, you know, when somebody's written in, you know, that universe for a while, and I've already considered that, you know, like, where I'm like, I got a lot in my fantasy universe that I want to do and urban fantasy, but then I have this other thing I want to do where I'm like, you know, I, I feel like everything has a different flavor, you know, the magic system, the world building, the character. Yeah. I think you have to do that, right? Otherwise, you're going to yes. go insane. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've, I've had reviews which have said that they've been unhappy with the Riftborn books because they're not Nate. And I, I didn't want to write, I, I would have just written more Nate. I don't want yeah, to write yeah, yeah. the same book, but with new names. I want to do something a bit different. Otherwise, what's the point in, you're just writing the same book over and over again. And that's weird. So um, I, I just find it interesting with comments like that, because it's clearly somebody that's never written a book, let alone yeah. like as many books as you have in the same universe. Like that's a long time, you know, like I've spent, oh my God, I'm about to be 36 in August and since I was 14, I've been writing in my fantasy world. So even if I haven't published them yet, it's like I've been spending a lot of time there. You know, I got a, I've been running, you know, DMing games and stuff in my own world. So it's like, yeah, eventually I do want to just go into my space marine, you know, setting and just, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like after a while, it's just like, all right, I need to do something new. Otherwise, you know, I feel like you're almost, I feel like sometimes when I'm writing in that universe, like not that I don't enjoy it, but if I'm there too long, and I don't take breaks with other genres or other characters. I feel like I'm in a prison almost of my own making, which is kind of interesting, I guess. Yeah, then I think I think you need to, as as an author, you, you I personally don't want to just write the same thing over and over and over and over again. I, I want every book to be, or every series at least, to be have a different flavor and a different feel to it. Otherwise, yeah. I'm just retreading stuff I've already done. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> um, and I don't think last time, I can't remember last time if we got to talk about No Gods, uh, Only Monsters, but I really enjoy, I'm really enjoying the first two chapters. Like I said, I'm trying to get back to it after I finish my current read. Um, I just wanted to mention it just real quick for our audience because I was really enjoying it. Um, but I was just curious at how and why you decided to keep it in your Heliquin universe instead of maybe moving on to speak about the universes instead of putting it into another universe. So I was just curious at, you know, kind of what the decision-making process was for you there. If you were like, oh, I already have all this built and just make it a little different or. Yeah, well, originally it was going to be a novella. Uh, it's about Diana and and, and uh, um, Diana is is a character in uh, in the Heliquin books. And she's, she's uh, a, um, a goddess. And uh, so I was originally just going to write a, um, a novella with her in it. And it went from being a novella with her in it to being a full-fledged novel with her in it. Um, so 
it just, it, yeah, that's why it's in the Helicon universe because she's already in the Helicon universe, and I was writing an novella about her, and yeah. it went longer than I expected it to. And I wanted to include other characters who are in the Helicon books, um, and give them a bit more time, like Medusa and uh, Athena and things like that, um, and include a few more Greek uh, heroes from mythology and, and give a couple of the the, the Greek gods like. Ares and Poseidon and things who who uh who don't have necessarily a lot of screen time in the Helicon books uh and, and give them a bit more to do so that was sort of that was the entire reasoning behind it I wanted to write in the Diana book, Diana book and um and uh, yeah that's it really that's why she's that's why it's in the universe well, I just want to point that out because it's actually come up a couple of times recently with authors that I know who have written, you know, as many books as you have and, you know, have such a rich universe that you've created like Heliquin. Uh, and I just want to point that out to the audience because I don't think it's something that I've heard a lot of people discuss recently. A couple of years ago was a big thing, but now it's like seems like it's swept under the rug. Um, but I've talked to different, you know, authors who are just starting out and they're like, oh, I would love to give these secondary characters more screen time. Um, and I was trying to explain to people, you know, like your book and I'm like, well, there's different, you know, people who have done this, you know, and who have made it really enjoyable for readers. And, you know, I, my buddy and I were always talking about never throwing anything away or a character away, you know, uh, you know, if you can build off them. And I just think some people forget that just because they are a secondary character or maybe they even died or maybe something else happened to them, you know, there's nothing that says that you can't, you know, do something before that point or after that point, or, you know, no. you know, and I've, I've, enjoyed some secondary characters recently from some different authors and I told them like hey I really love this character and I you know like I know other people that have and I'm like you know you could do something like what Steve did and you know you know write a novella or a short story or whatever you know and just give us a little bit more there were a couple characters I read recently where I'm like I just needed more and you know the author I you know messaged them and like oh I never thought of that I'm like yeah you know so I just wanted to you know to point that out so I thought that that was I thought that was really smart by you and I'm always thinking, you know, how can I do that with different characters that I enjoyed that maybe, you know, didn't take part. One author I talked to recently is like, well, this character, you know, just didn't have a lot to do in this story. But he's like, I really like them. And, you know, other people have seen too. And he's like, I'm thinking, yes. yeah, you know, so I just think it's good for people to remember that, you know, it's your universe and you can do really, you know, what you want with them, you know. And Yeah, yeah. Right, so I, I'm 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 always happy if 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 I think that a character has a story in them where they're the center, then I will write it. So um, yeah, and, and there are characters in the Helicon book, Helicon universe that I haven't written stories about, haven't written novellas about, whatever, and they might get one in at some point. Uh, it's it's all a matter of time and well, that's it really, just time, just yeah, how much time yeah. do we have to yeah. to to write all of this stuff? Yeah. yeah. So uh, so yeah. But the, but yeah, there's there's I've you know I've written novellas about side characters from the Heliquin stuff and uh, I I I I've you know delved into various universes now at this point. So I've got plenty of side characters should I wish to write one that's not in the Heliquin universe as well. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of the plan. Totally. Yeah, I just always find it interesting when someone's like, yeah, blah, blah, I'm like, well, you can just, it's always interesting because I think a lot of people, that's why I like interviewing people like you, you know, other authors and artists and whoever. And then, you know, somebody just said something to me the other day, I think it was my, one of my assistant principals with teaching and so I've been doing this for 16 years and he said it in a different way. And 
completely changed my whole outlook, you know, and I think that always happens when I listen to a podcast, when I watch a video, you know, my wife, she's like, you're just obsessed with this craft. I'm like, I really am because I enjoy it. And, you know, I'm like, if I don't talk to Steve today, I might not, you know, learn something that, you know, I will really help me in the long run. So I just always like to point out little things like that, because sometimes maybe people, you know, haven't listened to a podcast or know an author that's, you know, done what you've done. And maybe yeah. they do that. And that's the book. You know, I mean, no offense. I mean, you know, some people, but I mean, I've seen, you know, your book, this book being spread around so much, you know, you know, within, you know, since you released it. I mean, I think it was really smart of you personally. I mean, I'm enjoying it. I can't wait to finish it. Um, you know, and I just, I know so many people, you know, that, you know, have been, you know, sharing it, uh, particularly over like the last six months or so. Um, so I'm just thinking like, well, if you had not written it, you know, none of us would have bought it or shared it or, you know, and I'm just thinking like how many times I've gotten to be like, oh, well, have you, you know, checked out Steve's black coat? You know, like I finished it. I'm really enjoying it. You know, they're like, no, I have it, you know, and I just think that's how the web starts with authors. And yeah. I would think you never know, you know. Obviously, like you said, time management's a thing, but you never know, right? Until you no. something. So word, word word of mouth is always yep. is the most important tool any author has to sell books, and it's always been that way, and it will always be that way, even with the you know the advent of of marketing budgets and all this kind of stuff, and uh, and doing adverts and things. It's it's word of mouth more than anything. If yeah. if you like a book, tell your friends you love a book. And if they buy the book and tell their friends they like the book, then it, it quickly catches on. My friend goes the other day, because I, I, I sent him, because I, I, I had sent him, oh man, Last Raven, I had sent him all against a lot. I mean, I've just been sending him books like crazy. Um, you know, and he's like, he's like, you just like do nothing but try to get books out there. I'm like, <laughs> they're good books. They're people I like. I'm like, <laughs> they're writing. I'm like, I... So I'm trying to tell people, I'm like, don't worry. I am doing the best I can. <laughs> you know, we, got this, we got the Facebook group. You know, my social media is just like trying to dedicate just to get, you know, books and writers that I enjoy out there. I'm just like, I'm trying. <laughs> but I do think that people um, sometimes in this modern age, like you said, like I do think that, um, I, I think you look at Legends of Lattes, um, you know, like yes. Chad, and I don't think a lot of people realize that like social media helped somewhat, but really it was the Barnes and Noble and indie bookstore like workers that actually enjoyed that book so much they were actually buying copies and putting them on shelves until there was enough and Barnes and Noble does this right I know some authors who indie authors who have done this they buy their own books and they go and put them on the shelf and then they have to they actually have to put them in the system then um and that's how like one step how Travis like end up like blowing up was everything else helped but that word of mouth with just bookstore workers um, and getting his book onto their shelves, I think really helps. So I think it actually shows that word of mouth, you know, is uh, yeah. all, you know, still there and we just don't see it a lot or talk about it a lot. So no, no. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just curious, or maybe you've already done this and I don't know yet. Um, have you thought of combining your heroes in the Helicon universe into like one Avengers style book or like trilogy? Yeah, I did do that. That's the Rebellion oh, yeah. Chronicles. The Rebellion Chronicles is essentially uh, three books of all of the the heroes and villains, or not villains because some of them are dead, but all of the heroes who are still alive uh, in one book, in three books. It's their big story, villains on one side, good guys on the other side. Oh, that's awesome. Endgame-esque 
Uh, yeah, this is my Infinity War slash Endgame of writing um, over three books. So yeah, so so there's a um, basically the first two books are uh, sort of Infinity War esque, and then the third book is Endgame, where it's just everything for everything sort of thing. So yeah, it was a lot of fun to do. It's uh, the number of, the amount of moving parts though is was oh, yeah, just yeah. exhausting. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, uh, it was it was fun. I enjoyed doing it. That's super cool. <laughs> I was just curious because I, you know, I was like going back through, um, you know, some of your, you know, reviews and just different things, and I was like, I was like, it seems like Steve, if he hasn't done this, should do this. I was like, if he has done, it, I was like, it's got to be pretty cool. So I, yeah, I was really curious about that. So yeah, well, that that just sounds really awesome. Um, it does sound like there's like I was thinking like the Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny meme where he's got all yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> Like, there was a bit of that. Re Rebellion Chronicles was was a little bit of that. Yeah, especially the last book, Horseman's War. There was it was just uh, so many kind of threads and things, and people then message you and say, "Why wasn't this character in it?" And you're like, "Well, I literally couldn't possibly put more people into this yeah, book yeah, yeah. Um, because there's just so much stuff happening in in that book, and and it moves along at such a fast pace that I um you, you kind of want to keep the story moving as opposed to doing little side quests to go and do stuff yeah, yeah. so um but yeah no it was a lot of fun to do uh but i, I don't want to do it again for a while because it was a lot of, <laughs> a lot of work yeah i can only imagine i've always thought about doing that with my fantasy world i was always like had one set like i have a lot of side quest books and just like random stuff but in terms of the main storyline i've had a lot of things that i still one day want to do like certain characters in the main storyline and you know, Forgotten Realms did that too back in the day where the companions or whatever, like they had Dritz and all these new characters. Some of them are demigods and stuff. And then they kind of did that. Um, so I was always like, oh, that sounds really cool. Like, I'd like to do that. But part of me is just like, like what you just said, I'm like, do I have enough yarn? And you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, it's really funny. But yeah, that sounds really cool. Well, I'm anxious to, to read and, you know, and get to that point to see what you did from a, a writer standpoint, because maybe... Maybe I'll think about that again one day. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to ask this one. <laughs> Can we expect more novels or novellas in your science fiction Black Coat universe? Yes. Um, I was going to start, or I had started, uh, the sequel to Black Coat, which is called Orbital Strike. Oh, man. Um, and it's a novel. It's, it's going to be full length. And uh, I'd started it, and then I got a, um, I signed a contract to write this vampire book. So I, I had to put that to one side uh, because that would be more than likely self-published. Um, yeah. And uh, so once this is done, which I should finish by the end of April, I think, uh, unless I have anything else come up, then I'm going to probably start working properly on Orbital Strike. Um, it's a universe that I've got quite a few ideas for. I, I, there's some some other books I want to write in there and some other bits and pieces I want to work on in, in this universe. So. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's always been this thing that authors shouldn't change genres, that, that if you're successful as a fantasy author, you yeah. can't write science fiction, etc. Yeah. And I think that's absolute nonsense, um, uh, which is why self-publishing gives me that kind of freedom yeah. to, to, to kind of publish the stuff that maybe if I took a science fiction book to a uh, publisher, they might say, you're a fantasy author, maybe you should write some fantasy. Uh, and then I published Black Coat and it did very, very well. Uh, so I'd quite like to publish more in that universe because I enjoy writing in it. 
and I enjoyed writing the, the you know, Celine and 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 stuff. But uh, no, uh, the 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 it, it's it's not going to be a sequel as such. It will be a standalone book, um, set. I don't know, I think about twenty years later, mm-hmm. and um, 10, 20 years later, something like that, and uh, it will be in the same universe. Oh, that's awesome! Yes, and see, that's what and I was too about different when when publishers or when indie authors say that about themselves, you know. And somebody looked at me the other day. They're like, "Why are you? Why? Why did you start a a space marine? You know, you know, book?" I'm like, "Cause I love space marines," and I'm like, "I had a different." <laughs> and you know a different you know thing than warhammer and yes okay and i'm like i had some interesting characters and i said i always wanted to write science fiction and i said i finished steve's black coat and i thought well maybe i'll you know try my hand and you gave me some really cool you know just ideas and things that i was already looking at over here and you know that's what worries me sometimes is you know like if you hadn't written black coat i wouldn't have it wouldn't have clicked with some ideas for that I was working on. And, you know, I, you know, I feel like my space Marine book, one of these days, you know, will do pretty well or the trilogy. And I'm hoping to just kind of keep it going. Kind of like, um, Oh, I'm totally blanking on the series now. Um, Oh yeah. Like the galaxy's edge books. Like I love those. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Like they're just great. You know, and they just kind of keep going with different characters and stuff. And um, I just thought, myself like it's just a shame that a lot of people get told that and and I loved your yeah. science fiction writing personally I thought it was really good and the tech alone that's what got me you know thinking about the tech for how I would you know do how I would write you know the the suits and stuff um yeah so it, it just it's a shame I think because I think a lot of people have different genre books in them and they have been told different things by the wrong people and you know, it's, it's a real shame because if, if you're going to release more science fiction books, I'm going to buy them. Um, <laughs> you them. So, you know, I just think that it, what, what if, you know, you had listened to people, you know, and you well, know, yeah. things that could have been, you know, so I think do what you want to do, particularly if you're doing indie or, you know, do a hybrid. Yes. You know? I think, I think uh, a hybrid author like myself, I think it's much easier to yeah. Say to your publisher, I know these are done well, so you can keep those, and uh, I'm going to publish this stuff by myself yeah. because um, I think it's got a place. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's good enough to publish. Yeah. Um, so I think there'll probably be more hybrid authors over the years. Uh, I know of quite a few who who self-publish, even you know, self-publish novellas and little bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they they their main series are with publishers. And I think that if it works for you, then that's then do it. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing wrong with it. I think people forget that Brandon Sanderson self-publishes, you know, his Skyward books, you know, and yeah, yeah, evil yeah. whatever the, the Young Librarian series or whatever. I mean, and I think that you know, and look at you know his Kickstarters. I mean, those are going to be indie published. So I just think that I think people forget that even somebody like him, you know, who I think a lot of people put at the top for sales and stuff, which I don't blame them and you know, craft or whatever, but it's like, I think they forget he's a hybrid author, you know, and yeah, I yeah, yeah. first met him, he was talking about wanting to do that like eight years ago. And, you know, that's where I first met indie authors. And I first found out what indie authors were, was at the same like writing, uh, it was like a book signing um, down to Poison Pen in Scottsdale, Arizona, where I was still living. And I, you know, that ever since that time, people were like, I want to be traditionally published. I want to be Indian. I'm like, 
have seen his career develop and I'm like, well, I want to do hybrid. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I know I have a couple of book series that if I work on and, you know, whatever, like somebody will buy them, but I know other stuff, they're never going to be, you know, um, at least for right now, I don't think there's going to be somebody who's going to want them, but I know they'll do well in the indie market. So I think that, you know, it just, yeah, I think it just do what you want to do and write the yeah. book, get them to yeah, the just office. Wrote, just wrote the book. Yeah. yeah. Well, we talked a little bit about this last one, but I'm curious, is there a genre that you have thought about writing in or maybe an element of a genre that you thought about like combining into fantasy or sci-fi, kind of like the noir elements that you have not done so far, but you'd be interested in? Uh, I would like to write an epic fantasy. Oh, that'd be um, cool. I have an idea for an epic fantasy. Uh for, for a, a series of books in this inner world. And I've been working on it for, well, I mean, uh, for about five years, six years, something like that. But I haven't had the time to write it yeah. uh, yet, um, but I would like to. That's that's something that I would, I want to do at some point, uh, write an epic fantasy. Um, I'd also, uh, I'd also like to, 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 to combine some more elements with urban fantasy um, or slash contemporary fantasy, depending on where you 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 lie on that scale. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'd quite like to I'd, I'd quite like to do a, a contemporary fantasy science fiction book, or, or a contemporary fantasy with science fiction elements. Yeah. So that's something that I've I've been thinking about, and then um, yeah, I'm I basically you know I, I I think oh that's a good idea, and then. Uh, the genre doesn't really matter to me what 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 the story is in, in, more than the story. I, I, if I can think of something and there's a story behind it and it's it's a, a romance book, then okay, I'll, I'll 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 think about it. I probably won't write a romance book because I don't think I'd be very good at it. Because <laughs> um, romance books are hard. I know I have friends they really who are books they're and really they're are. really hard. <laughs> they to really write. Are. Like to to maintain that sort of will they won't they or even. That kind of the whole thing through a book, a story, and put like a plot in it and everything. Yeah. It's it's that's not easy. And I've written romance in books, um, and then you're always kind of feeling, have I gone too far? Is that is that now weird? Is that a little bit you know? Because because <laughs> taken out of context, a lot of romance films are creepy as all hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, because because there's people chasing after you down the street, declaring their love for you, and all sorts of weird stuff. And some of it's like <laughs> like stalking and things, and it's all done as a oh well, it's just love, isn't it? And it's a bit weird. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a fine line between romance and weirdo. Yeah, yeah. and um, yeah. I, I, so I probably won't write that, but but uh, yeah, I there's I'm sure I uh, epic fantasy is is the one that I I want to write that I haven't written more than any others and horror probably as well i'd like to write yeah, yeah. But i think that would take a lot of time and and historical fiction thinking about it i'd love to write a proper oh, that's I, mine I, I, personally yeah i want to write an historical fiction book about the second punic war oh, um, cool. a, a, a full-on hannibal over the alps yeah no yeah, magic yeah. no no, uh, no, nothing like that. But because 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 the Lucas in the Last Raven is a Carthaginian. He was born. He, he, he well, he's not a Carthaginian. He was raised in Carthage. Um, so he took place. He took part in the Second Punic Wars with 
going over the Alps and he was killed and then brought back to life. But um, but I'd like to write a proper full-on Punic Wars trilogy. Maybe one book for each war or something, I don't know. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I think it's a great idea and then I realised just how much research that yeah, entails. Yep, totally. And how much of an expert you have to be in yeah. that historical kind of setting to get it right. And I just think I, there's not enough time in the day for me to to learn everything I need to learn. But yeah. I'd very much like to write one. That's that's so epic. I'm going to go epic fantasy and the historical fiction is the two that I'm like, yeah, those are the ones I want to write. Oh, that's a great answer. Yeah, historical fiction for me. I'm a history teacher. People are, oh, it's easy for you. I'm like, well, history teacher, you get taught the broad scopes. I'm like, but I don't think it's the same thing though. You know, like. I don't think people realize like how much work actually goes into historical. Yeah. Work. I give those people. I've had but, a couple on the show, you know, and I, I, yeah, I just, it's a lot of work. I would love to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Bernard Cornwell stuff. Yeah. Is so historically sort of like accurate and things like that. It's just to, to get that level of, of accuracy is just an enormous amount of work and research. Yeah. And then you have and to then to, story around it. Like, yeah, and then you have to make it interesting yeah. with interesting characters who would have fit the time. Yeah, yeah. Without kind of, you know, if you want to write a book about Vikings and your main character is a Viking, the last thing you want is your Viking to actually behave like how the Vikings behaved back then. <laughs> they might not be the most sympathetic characters in the world yeah, yeah, to yeah. want to root for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's definitely a bit of kind of like having to make it as real as you can, but also maybe not make them exactly how they were back in the yeah. day so that you can not have everyone be awful, awful people. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, that's, it just seems like, I mean, I've done little bits of historical fantasy fiction in, in the Helicon stuff and no gods, um, only monsters that's got that set in historical time, but that's fantasy. And I can get away with fudging stuff in historical fantasy. I can just yeah. say it's magic. <laughs> uh, and it's fine, but you can't really do that with with real kind of historical fiction. There's a bit bit more to it than that. Yeah, you'll get burned at the stake, literally. By yeah, the <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, my my we had a debate recently. My buddy and I privately were like, who who would you know who would be more most likely to you know to end an author of the historical fiction community for getting something wrong or military uh, sci fi? So. Ooh. Military sci-fi community is, yeah. I had, had you, like, I have to, I have a couple of veterans who I'm like, like Keith Ricardo, I'm like, I will send you whatever free if you just, <laughs> you and your friends just read this. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. I want to find a military, you know, veteran that would just, you know, help me, you know, just from that perspective. Because the last thing I want to do was have my characters enter a building wrong and, you know, like, I, I think if you're going to put the moniker on it, and it's the same thing with historical fiction, right? Like, you got to get it right, you know? And Yeah. That you need I, to. I, uh, one of the Helicon books, the beginning of it has, is uh, a hostage situation in the UK. And a friend of mine, um, she was at the time the head of the arm response unit for police. Oh, wow. So uh, she walked me through exactly how they would do, the words they would use, and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was... If I hadn't have asked her and I'd have just tried to figure it out for myself, oh, I would have got it wrong. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And people would have yelled at me. Um, 
Yeah, so it, that is difficult. If you get, I've I've before written in the names of guns and made them up, mm. um, but they've been close to a real gun, and people have said, you know, that this is wrong. This isn't how this gun is, and I'm like, I've made this up. I've literally, <laughs> this isn't a real thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so so my uh, my my I've, I've I've spoken to friends of mine who are in the military and asked about tactics and. How to, you know, enter and clear rooms and buildings and all this kind of stuff and and uh, and stuff like that because you need to know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yep. if you get it wrong, you're going to learn about it very quickly, yeah. repeatedly for a long time. <laughs> no, it's totally true. That's like my urban fantasy novella right now. It's like I'm like I know there's got to be so many things wrong. Uh, so I definitely have to have some of my friends take a look yeah. at it, like trying to get, you know, said my, my character is an ex-Marine. Um, and yeah, so I'm like, the last thing I want to do is, you know, is get those things wrong. And then, you know, he's going back, novella two, he's going, prequel novella two is like going back and flashbacking to, you know, training and stuff. Because uh, he's, he's a recon Marine. Um, and I thought, well, who better to be a future monster hunter than a past recon Marine? Um, yeah. And, but I was like, I was doing the research with her goes, oh, just look stuff up online. I'm like, it is so hard to just look stuff up online. I'm like, it's so much easier just to find somebody who's done that thing and be like, how would this happen? You know, or have them look at it. But yes, after a while, but well, I'm definitely sold on either your epic fantasy or (laughs) oracle fiction. So especially, just let me know when you need my money and I'll send it to you. (laughs) <laughs> that, that sounds like an excellent idea more people should say that just let me know what they want my money well clayton snyder said something the other day when um well i guess when we were doing our <laughs> our second interview is a couple weeks ago so it'll be our first one for this season for season three and he i asked him a similar question and he said something and i'm like oh my god i was like that sounds so good i was like just take my money he goes it's probably gonna be a year I'm like just take my money i was like i'll send you like 20 bucks right now to send me the paperback or I was like 30 bucks I was like just send me a signed copy like just let me know when it's coming and I'll you know be on the lookout for her. but yeah some people with writing you just enjoy you know so you're just like you don't even care yes. what yeah right and that's the kind of authors I enjoy so I'm just like yep so yep take my money Steve it's fine <laughs> um, so for that last one do you have any news updates promos current projects that you'd like to share with us uh well, obviously, Riftborn Book 2 has just come out. Uh, blessed odds. Riftborn Book 1 is currently out and uh, uh, The Last Raven. And Book 3 is out in June and currently up for pre-order on uh, wherever you buy it. Audible, Kindle, paperback, whatever. Uh, a challenge rack. And I'm currently writing a, a vampire book. I have absolutely no idea when that's going to come out because okay. I have to hand it into my publisher and then you're probably looking at six months of edits. So the end of the year, maybe. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I am at the moment, and then and then uh, depends on whether or not if 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 the the Riftborn books do well enough, I might get to write more of those, and uh, hopefully I will get to write the sequel to Black Coat at some point this year. And then yeah, it's it's um it's always busy. There's always yeah. having having lots of ideas for books, and I know that having <laughs> it, it 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 does feel like. Uh, there's a, there's you're just always working um, yeah. which is better than feeling like you're not i guess yeah, because i would hate not having ideas um <laughs> but yeah so so at the moment the yeah writing a vampire book which is a bit different to, to 
any vampire book I've read before. Um, as, and and is a bit more uh, uh, the, the world knows about vampires and we've lived alongside them for a really long time and they just kind of for the most part get on um, and I kind of wanted to do something a little different for it so uh, but I wanted to keep that sort of scary vampire um, thing uh, which I think feels like we've moved away from a little bit in yeah, recent yeah. years um, like you should be scared of vampires because they're scary. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of where I am. I, there's and I've got loads of books out. If if you like historical fiction, there's no gods, only monsters. If you like science fiction, there's Black Coat. If you like urban fantasy, there's the Riftborn stuff and the Helicon stuff. And if you like small foxes that swear at people and threaten to stab them, there's Hunted <laughs> uh, with Remy the sweariest character I've ever written. Um, so yeah, there's, 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 I've got lots of stuff out there um, of various genres, but hopefully people will find something they like. Well, that's fair. Well, just want to remind our audience that you can find Steve's books uh, in the description, anywhere where this podcast is found. Um, you know, I've read Steve's Black Coat. I started several of his others, uh, other books. Um, I'll be having some reviews come up this summer. Uh, for his some of his books I've already finished so I look forward to you know reading his others so I have quite a bit on my Kindle that I bought already of his so you should go and do the same just don't forget we're really trying to push people to you know review anything you know any of the products whether it's you know Steve's you know paperback um, Kindle Audible anything like that you know obviously those are the things that help out authors and you know like him and me the most so uh steve thank you so much for coming on for a second time i look forward to you know having you on in the future talking about your vampire book you know or yeah you know, yeah anytime. anything like that so thanks um, for having me yeah so hopefully we'll have you on again really soon you know for some of our seminars and things like that but you know per usual i look forward to you know talking to you on social media and you know, i hope you have a good rest of the day my friend you too take care see you steve see you later